Jones is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Not only because of his size, not because he runs a 4-3, not because he runs precise routes, but because he's not a, a diva wide receiver. No, boy, I was in high school, they called me Waffle House. Waffle House? No way. Why they you call me Waffle House? Because I'm always open. Yeah. Money talks. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. All right, here we freaking go. Ladies and gentlemen, the one that they call Waffle House, Julio Jones, is now a Tennessee Titan. And let me just say, we are ecstatic. Ecstatic. Come home, Julio. Come home. As Pettit just said, like AJ Brown said, come home, Julio. He's here. He's a Titan. He is in Nashville. Um, just to give you a little detail of the trade. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, it's Julio Jones and a 2023 sixth round pick from the Falcons to the Titans. We gave up the second round pick in 2022 and a fourth round pick in 2023. So Basically, a second-round pick for Julio Jones. Yes. And, I mean, I, I don't know. You, A lot of the people have said out there, it's like the back and forth of, you know, you're giving up a second-round draft pick that you don't know if it's going to hit or not, and you're getting a proven player in Julio Jones. So An old proven player. An old pro- – that's fair. That is fair. And we talked about that in the last podcast. What we also talked about in the last podcast – was how you two, yeah, I'm calling you two Me? out. Huh? Yeah, you, Pettit <laughs> and Robert. We didn't even do an introduction. If you're just new to the PTT, Primetime Titans, I'm JG. I'm Pettit. And I'm Robert. And uh, those two guys just said their names, not JG, didn't want Julio Jones. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, we, okay, let's pump yes, the brakes okay, there. Fair, you fair. also I'm did just, not say he was going to be a Titan. I, that is fair. Well, because, I mean, can you blame me? Titans fans out there, you know where I'm coming from. Hadn't been, you know, not much good stuff has been happening to us other than the AFC Championship and, you know, Derrick Henry, Adrian Brown, whatever. The regime and is... Tannehill. There, there's clearly... Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. John Smith. I mean, well, there's just a new regime in town. Yeah. You know, this is, this is unlike historical Titans regimes to go all out, put the chips on the table, put your cards down and go all in on a Super Bowl window. And that's what this move is doing. John Robinson... Mike Vrabel are saying we're going to take advantage of Derrick Henry's two-year, maybe three-year window of being elite at his position, A.J. Brown on his rookie deal, Ryan Tannehill on a pretty affordable deal, and saying this is it. All of our chips are down. We're going all in. Let's go for it. And, and I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. It's a great message. It's great to be a fan of a team that's doing that and has a legitimate shot at contending for a Super Bowl. So, yeah, analyze. So you're looking back. I know there were definitely some things that you said and you pet it both the last episode where you were unsure, you didn't know if you wanted him, but now that we have him and what we gave up, also just to say, you know, he's a $15.3 million salary cap hit this year. Um, he's 11.3 next year, I think. And then there's only $2 million guaranteed for 2023. So there is technically an out in 2023. So all those considered, what do you all think? Knowing the details of the contract, that changes a lot of things, especially, especially when you put it in perspective of I saw that Corey Davis, if we exercise his fifth-year option, he would have been $15.6 million, I believe. 
I think so that's right, yeah. Julio's cheaper than Corey Davis is definitely an interesting thought. You know, I, I'm still nervous. The health concerns me. He's still older. I do think the compliment of AJ and Julio is just going to be exciting and super fun. It's, I mean, it's a big, it's the big sexy free agent or the big sexy trade that we just got. So it's like national media is now looking at us. People, I've seen so many things that are like, are they the top three offense now, hands down? Which I mean, we already kind of were last year, but now it's like all the attention's on us. Who's going to stop Derrick Henry? Who's going to stop AJ? Who's going to stop? Who's going to stop Tannehill? Ferkser. Burke, Morgan Cox, Josh Reynolds as a wide receiver three, and my boy the g- g- God Des P- Des Fitzpatrick. Golly, I just every time I say his name, I don't think anyone's stopping Morgan Cox. There's just no chance. <laughs> well, I- I'll jump in here. So, last podcast, I gave two stipulations on what I wanted to happen in order to be happy with a Julio Jones trade. Number one, I said if the prize was a first round pick, I'm out. Said in those words, John Robinson fleeced the league once again in a veteran acquiring a veteran player via trade. All right, he did it with Dennis Kelly trading Doriel Green Beckham, a guy who was going to be out of the league the next year for Dennis Kelly, who started for us at right tackle for four years. He and did still it, could and still could. He could come back. Right, he did it with Demarco Murray. At Phil- in Philadelphia, traded a fourth-round pick for DeMarco Murray, who came and really established the culture in, in Nashville. And now he's doing it again with Julio Jones, only giving up a second-round pick when the Falcons were trying to flex their muscles on draft day and get a first. I think a first was too much. I like the fact that we held on to both of our first-round picks over the next two years. And if you look at – and I'll get into some of the, some of the, the second stipulation here in a second, but if you look at the players – our skill players like Ryan Tannehill, we got him for a fourth round pick. I was there's about another to say, one. You can't you can't forget Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, there's another veteran guy that Tannehill got. I'm mean, that uh, J Rob got via trade. Um, and the Dolphins paid some of his salary. And Dolphins paid some of his salary. Pretty incredible. At the work he he is incredible at trading for veteran players, in my opinion. Um, so kudos to J Rob. I got got to give it to him on only giving up a second round pick essentially for Julio Jones. Um, now, the second stipulation that I said was I don't want him playing for $15.3 million this year or $15.3 million the next two years. So it sounds like in the press conference today, they're, they're yesterday. clearly – Yesterday. There have to be some contract restructurings, right, whether it's going to be Tannehill or Lawan, You're going to have to – basically, the way the salary cap works is if you, con- if you convert somebody's salary for a given year into a signing bonus – and you pay it to them up front, that becomes guaranteed money that you then can spread out on your balance sheet over the next three years evenly. So right now, I think the veteran minimum for a Julio would be like $1.4 million. So there's like $14.5 million there that they could convert to uh, guaranteed money and then split that up evenly over the next three years. And so we could essentially have Julio for $5 million uh, this year. And now Julio wouldn't care because he gets the same amount of money. It's just how the cap works. Now, they may try to do that with Tannehill. They may do that with Taylor Lewan. Um, you got to be careful, though, because that's what the Falcons did after their Super Bowl run for with five or six guys, and that's why they got in the position that they were currently in where they didn't even have enough money to sign their draft picks, right? They had pushed money down the road, kicked the can down the road, and then all of a sudden this year they can't hold on to Julio Jones 
um, and they've got to, they've got to trade him for only a second round pick, right? So I'm still waiting to see what that contract renegotiation or restructuring looks like. But let me just say this: now that it has happened, man, I am pumped. Julio is 32 years old. Julio right? Jones is a Titan. He's a Titan. We we've done that whole we did it last podcast about hey he could be injured he may not be the guy. Right, he may not be the same Julio Jones that he's been for the last decade, and that's fair. He's probably not going to be Julio Jones in his prime. He's probably not going to have a 300-yard game this year. But we don't need him to be a 300-yard game type of player because we have AJ Brown. We got AJ Brown. We've got the best running back in the NFL, and arguably a top three offensive line unit in the in the NFL. So, you know, to me, um, I say you feed AJ Brown 15 balls a game in the regular season and feed Derrick Henry like we normally do. Make sure Julio is healthy come playoff time, and then unleash, unleash hell. Waffle House. Unleash Waffle House, baby. Project Waffle House. He's always baby. open. One, uh, one fun thing to think about is how great of a deep ball Tannehill has. And to think about how I was looking at it that the Titans last year, last season, had 25% of snaps. Had The defense had eight men in the box. The Falcons had 12.5% of the time they had eight men in the box on defense. And so to think like – if you kind of switch that around and kind of think about it, it's like Tannehill can throw a deep ball to Julio or AJ or someone can go underneath or then now Derrick Henry has so much space. Like, who are they going to guard? I, did you all see the meme that it's like the NFL teams that are like, what are we, how are we going to guard these guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... Hey, it's, I, find this, I find this interesting. All these points that y'all are making. Wow. You want to it, know? It's almost like someone wa- wanted and tried to say this not specifically, but along these lines, the last episode. You know that's what's very really interesting. a big question mark? Him being on the field. Okay. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And you know what, JG? You alluded to it earlier in this podcast. Maybe uh, we're being we were being a little protective. You know, we didn't want to we didn't want to let ourselves believe and be disappointed. I'm, so, I'm victim you were, to that. You were looking I'm at victim to that. You were looking at the negatives of Julio, and you're like, it's not going to happen. And I stand I don't behind. Give my hopes up. Hey, I stand behind my logic. I think it's it was well thought out logic, and I will even say this: the things that I wanted to happen have happened. Right? We did not give up a first round pick for him, and we're probably going to restructure that contract. So you take a swing. Okay. Well, what if what if the restructuring of contracts? What if it's Julio stays fifteen, and it's like Ryan Tannehill that's changed? Will you be a little upset? Well, I had to I had to do some soul searching today. I thought about this, knowing that that question was going to come up. I would tonight. say you did soul searching ever since the news came out. <laughs> I have been doing some serious soul searching, and you know what I realized that uh, it's not my money. <laughs> it is not my money, and so the Titans can do whatever they want to do with it's their money. It's not my money that I'm going to the casino. Uh, those, those are some right. wise words. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I I get to now be a fan. Um, you know, if I was a GM, I don't know. Maybe I would do that. Maybe I wouldn't. But now I'm I'm gonna be all in. What's the guy's name? Vin Marino is that his name? Vin Marino. Yeah, they call him. They wouldn't want to be Vin Marino. I'll just say that. Or maybe maybe who's, this is where Vin, Vin Marino, Marino makes his makes his bucks. Yeah, this Vin is where Marino, he makes his salary. Like our, he's, he's our cap Titans. guru. Cap, yeah, cap guru. And like I said, I I like I said the last episode. The cap doesn't even exist. The salary cap doesn't <laughs> exist. Are you kidding me? Also, I do want to get back to what you were saying earlier, Pat, about him staying on the field. Now, I did. I remember the point you said last time. I was comparing, you know, like how Corey Davis had a hamstring injury 
and then he came back from it and he was fine. But you were saying, well, Corey Davis is a lot younger, so it's a lot easier to come back from a hamstring when you're younger. The narrative of Julio Jones never being able to be on the field, or I don't know if it's necessarily never being able to be on the field, but at this point being in time. Being injury prone. Yeah. Well, he's, he's time, known as he, taking the whole week off and then playing on Sunday. Uh, so, I am. But I'm, I'm just letting, I'm, I'm just giving the context of yeah, why okay. people believe that. Okay. Yeah. Well, so he's played in 135 games of his 160 in 10 years. Well, and almost all of that was one season. He played three games in one season, he like played his five, third year in or something. He played five his third year, and he played in nine last, last year. And which then he missed really like, was only like seven. Yeah, and so he missed like a game or two here and there some other years. But, no, again, and I don't think that point specifically – first of all, there's 100% injury rate in the National Football League. The, yeah, it, I'm not saying like so, so what we're all get, talking about. He's going to be 100% healthy. No, the, I get the, I get The that. fear, you know, com- coming into this whole thing, and it still exists, right? I mean – 32-year-old NFL Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame legend. He's not going to be Julio at 27 years old who had a 300-yard game against the Panthers. He's just not going to be that guy. But we don't need him to be that guy, right? Just a hook from left field at the Panthers. There's just the jab in the gut. (laughs) Well, it's an iconic game. I mean, hard to forget that. But we just – we need him to teach A.J. Brown the ropes, and we need him to be that guy in the playoffs, right? Go be that second, be that first option in the playoffs. So Marlon Humphrey has to guard you, and they have to put a safety over the top, and then you have AJ one on one on the outside, and then you can't put eight men in the box. Like the 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 main concern from the coaching staff has got to be to get to the playoffs with a healthy Julio Jones under all circ. It That's doesn't a good matter because you like Corey Davis basically disappeared. In disappeared that absolutely. Well, I know he got I know he got hurt at one point, but I'm just saying like. It'd be terrible if all year we had A.J. Brown and Julio and they were great together. It was awesome. And then we get to the playoffs and Julio's hurt. Or, yeah, so I, I see what you're saying. Um, get him into the playoffs. I made this comparison uh, earlier this morning in a text thread. It's like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, right? LeBron James, 36 years old, still arguably the best player in the NBA when he turns it on, when he's healthy. Two years ago, decides to go to the Lakers and says, hey, Anthony Davis, you're going to be the number one option. You're going to be the guy in the regular season. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to play well, but I'm not putting up, you know, 22 shots a game. That's going to be you. Go get 30 points, 15 rebounds a game in the regular season. Then they got to the playoffs, and in the bubble, you saw LeBron become LeBron again, right? you got to have that guy, and that guy for us is Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. Get us to the playoffs with a healthy Julio, and then let Julio become – the Julio Jones of old in the playoffs, if he still has that in him. Well, luckily, Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown aren't literal glass because Anthony Davis gets hurt a lot. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> One thing also worth considering is, I guess I never really thought about it and didn't really know until looking at Julio's stats, is he's really not a touchdown guy. Like, no. looking at all of his stats... He, Ask fantasy managers. His highest touchdown, single-season touchdown record for his career is only 10 touchdowns. And he had that in his second season in the NFL. A.J. Brown in his second season had 11. So it's like kind of putting in perspective, he only averages like six touchdowns a season. So he's going to be a yards guy, which is kind of, I mean, he's just going to compliment A.J. What I think it's going to be a fun, exciting duo. Last year, the, the yardage leader in the NFL was Stephon Diggs at just over 1,550 yards on the season. Okay? The, ninth, the tenth overall guy 
was at like 960 yards a game. So basically between 1,000 yards and 1,500 yards, you get the top 10 wide receivers in terms of yards in a season. Where would you say Julio's season is this year? Or I'm sorry, his ceiling. What's his ceiling? Like all things go well, what do you, how many yards per, uh, per this season do you think he gets? I'd say 1,200. I think that's a reasonable I, expectations. I think that we could definitely, yeah. I, I don't, I honestly, when I remember when we, we were talking about the sacks for, I guess, Harold Landry or Bud Dupree, I said like eight or something like that. So I, I normally go on the lower side. Like I, I would say his ceiling's like 1,100 or something. I don't know. Cause I just, it's, it's tough. I mean, if, if Julio's getting like 1,200. And then AJ's got like thirteen hundred. Holy moly! But there's also a seventeenth game, so yeah, that's uh, true. I, I saw that Julio played roughly three or four less games than Corey Davis, and still had nearly very similar stats as Corey Davis. And I mean, you know, different situations and all that, but very similar stats, and could easily. I mean, he was on pace to do better than Corey Davis in his current situation. So I think it's realistic to put him at over a thousand. I just want I, – I would Depending say his on how ceiling – Yeah, I, I would say important. his ceiling, just being a run-first offense and having A.J. Brown, I would say his regular season ceiling is 1,000 yards. Because of your thinking that he's going to miss a couple games? I think he can miss some games. I really, truly believe that they view this kind as – Kind of save him up? Yeah, they view this as a Super Bowl-type – move they yeah. feel like we're in a position now that you know they've added six guys to the defense right you've added a, almost a completely new secondary besides Kevin Byard um, they've done some work on the defensive line they, the front office and Mike Vrabel it seems to me they firmly believe that this team has a chance to to beat the Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl and you know frankly and we can get into this more about the skill position players that we now have with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry and some of the uh the, the, the pain that that's going to cause on defensive coordinators, but I don't think that they're wrong. I mean, I would say the Chiefs are number one still, probably the Bills, and then I would say it's it's us right after the Bills. I'd put us ahead of the Colts. I'd put us ahead of the Browns. I'd I think put the, us, I, the Ravens still scare me because of the type of year that Lamar Jackson could have. Like yeah. Lamar Jackson's potential and ceiling, like it, that itself I think brings the Ravens – yeah, but I think if you add a healthy Julio to that playoff game last year, and instead of good point Corey Davis, you know I don't think they can go man to man on the edges and just put nine guys in the box to stop the run. Uh, but that's that's the big asterisk that you got to put on this entire conversation, you know. And it's it's sobering for Titans fans, but he's 32 years old, and there's a 100 percent injury rate in the NFL. So it's only a, it's a matter of time for when he gets injured and what that is going to look like, and we just got to hope that that works in our favor. Okay, I got a question for you guys. Is he getting over 1,000 yards, yes or no? Just a prediction. We can hold you to it later no. in the season. I'm going to say no, but um, yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm going to say I'm no. Yes. I'm going to say no because A.J. Brown will have I, – I think A.J. Brown has like 16, 1,700 yards. Holy – Is that too much? And honestly, I think – I think, it, a, I think it's that, slightly too much <laughs> – I think he has the potential, but that I think would probably uh, be a throwing NFL. offense. Hot board. 
Jay, I mean, he very well could. Board. AJ Brown could be facing the second cornerback on every single team and getting man-to-man coverage because they got a double Julio on the edge just on name recognition alone. Speaking now of, he has, he has a great quote on here. He said, uh, "Having another dominant guy on the other side, everybody has to be honest now. You don't know who's going to going to hold who. I may get CB one or Julio get CB one, but whoever gets CB two. That guy is in trouble. <laughs> That's it's awesome. going to be fun. Yeah, now that everyone's actually starting to listen to the episode after I said AJ Brown's going to have sixteen or seventeen hundred <laughs> yards, we're really glad you're here, and we're we're excited, and we have Julio put Jones. that on the hot board. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going on the hot board. I I still would prefer to see AJ Brown as our number one receiver option this yeah. entire season. You know, not necessarily talent wise. Like I I'm. Not trying to say A.J. Brown is a better player than Julio in the grand scheme of their career so far, but just in the fact that, you know, the AFC South is is probably ours to lose now. You're, you're almost expecting to win the AFC South, which means you're expecting to be in the divisional round, which is when you need Julio Jones to be at his best. Our Super Bowl, Super Bowl odds jumped drastically after signing Julio. I don't know if you saw that. From, yeah, 40 to 1 to 25 to 1, I think. Oh, wow. Well, I want to touch on something that you just said with comparing Julio and A.J. Brown. Um, There's a tweet that I saw that was Julio Jones' 2011 to 2012 season, receptions, 133 yards, 2150, or 120, 133 receptions, 2157 yards, receiving touchdowns, 18. 2019 to 2020, A.J. Brown's receptions, 122 yards, 2126. Receiving TDs, 19. Pretty similar. Very similar. More touchdowns for uh, old AJ. And it needs to be mentioned how much AJ idolizes and looks up to Julio as a mentor. He has a poster in the locker room that he said. He said that today. Yeah. He was like, he said, he had a quote that said, you know, he looks at the poster and he's like, am I outworking Julio Jones today? Like, I got to outwork Julio Jones. And it's incredible. I heard the term, it was like, Julio Jones is the type of player that he's called, quote-unquote, uh, other-than guy or something like that, where it's like whenever you're talking about the best at the position, you're saying, other than Julio Jones, who's the best receiver in the NFL? Right, which that so would be like the that. argument to the point that I made last week talking about 32-year-old wide receivers yeah. and how they don't it's perform like, well. It's, it's not like, necessarily – it might not necessarily be other than Julio Jones now. It yeah. might be other than Devontae Adams or – Something like that. Or other than Stefan Diggs. Or, after this year, other than A.J. Brown. Very possible. With that 1,600, 1,700-yard season <laughs> that I'm saying. <laughs> well, so... If he's on pace like Julio, he just might. As I mentioned earlier today, I was doing a lot of reflecting. Okay. And a little bit last night, too. <laughs> and I think this is a very important topic to introduce that uh, I think we're going to dive into a lot more this summer. But to me... After this move by this front office, right, doing what we have done this offseason, putting the players in place where you have the best running back in the NFL, when healthy, the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. I fully believe that. When healthy, big asterisk, big question. This entire season is a referendum on Ryan Tannehill. Hmm. In my opinion, if we do not make it to the AFC Championship game, Ryan Tannehill has to go. And this I believe goes on the hot board. I believe in Ryan Tannehill. Holy I listen, I we just want, got a rob bomb from I'm holding field. you to this so I'm right we got to write this down actually. Can we write it down? 
write it down. And and again, we only have a few more minutes tonight, but we will dive into this extensively. But we, there is not a position on our offense that we could physically upgrade any more than we have with the salary cap and positions. I mean, we've got an all pro left tackle. If we don't make the AFC championship, if we don't make the AFC championship game, let me explain a little bit further. We have an all pro left tackle. Okay, that means top three year position in the NFL. All pro left guard. We have a Pro Bowl center. We have a right guard who a lot of people said should have gone to the Pro Bowl last year. We have a rookie right tackle. Maybe he sucks, and maybe you know he's the entire reason why our football team doesn't win. But you know, usually right tackles. Hey, <laughs> usually, for Dylan Raiden's there. You, you, usually you can put a band aid at, at your right tackle and chip on the on the edge and and make some things happen. But you have one of the best running backs of all time. You have one of the best wide receivers of all time, and you have an up-and-coming superstar at wide receiver. So if you can't win with that cast... Did you name, did you name a single defensive player just there? No, I did not name a single defensive player. But, huh. hey, the key... Uh, let me say this, too. Did you name a new offensive coordinator? The reason, the oh. way the way that you beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you're not going to stop them, okay? You are not, we are not holding the Chiefs under 20, 25 points. We have to keep the ball away from That's Patrick for Mahomes. Sure, because you can't name anyone on the defense that can do we that. Can't, <laughs> we have to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. And so that, again, falls back on Tannehill. So I, we'll get into this more. And I can't wait. But well, I, and we'll get this into is, that more. This whole season, the target is on Tannehill's back. Is he the guy to take us to the promised land? Because it's the most important position on an absolutely loaded offense. So that's your that's your final thought. That's my final thought, final takeaway from this entire 24, 48 hours of, of thinking about what this trade means for our team moving forward. Pettit, I want to get your final thought on getting Julio Jones. You know, I'm still nervous. I am super pumped. I think it's, I mean, like I said, it's the big sexy trade. It's super fun. I'm honestly really curious on like, I feel like the Titans officially, I think we were that slow, smaller market, and I think it's official. I think we're officially medium, big market now. We're it's like really, on the map like, now. We're on the map. National media, they're they're interested. They know what we got, and they're interested. And I think that's going to just be a really fun season. Whether Julio's good or not, we're it's going to be a fun season, and I'm excited. My final thought is... I will 100% eat my words for the things that I said during the NFL draft that were not recorded, and I was really angry that we didn't get a receiver earlier than Des Fitzpatrick in, what, late fourth round or something? So, I'll eat him. Because we have Julio Jones, baby. Josh Reynolds, our wide receiver three position just got a lot better and because before that the wide receiver two position wasn't great because we had Josh Reynolds there now Julio Jones is probably the wide receiver two maybe even wide receiver one because AJ might be two come home Julio come home so there it is the Titans now have Julio Jones we'll see what number he is that's gonna be fun so I sure hope that y'all are as excited as we are and if you're not we don't want to hear it because I don't want to be sad now. I'm happy. We'll, we'll okay? talk about him a lot more when he shows up to practice and we see him in uniform and yeah, stuff. That's going to be exactly. fun. Exactly. All right. So uh, I'm JG. I'm Pettit. And I'm Robert. And we thank y'all. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom.